You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is the APC podcast once again from AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation Green Bay Packers talk all the time there talking about your seven and one green bay packers hot off a, a really exciting sunday night football victory over the kansas city chiefs in kansas city a really tough place to play 31 to 24 was the final score and we are going to talk all about it on today's show i am zach rapport at zach rapport on twitter follow the show uh at the apc pod and uh, I am joined today by Alex Patakis at Alex Patakis on Twitter. You guys, the listeners, can't see this, so maybe it's bad audio. But Alex, you just waved a flag in front of the video chat. What was that? <laughs> yeah, I just actually happened in my little uh, makeshift home office here to have a little. Um, I forget where this is from. A French flag <laughs> that I'm waving for Lafleur because I'm just so damn happy with the guy uh, right now. Ah, Lafleur, mon ami. <laughs> it's my official uh, flag de la fleur um, going forward that I will wave every time he makes us as happy as 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 he made me the past well really two weeks but um, specifically last night to get that road win against a uh, shorthanded but respectable Chiefs team like that's a that's a big road win in the NFL that's a big boy victory Kansas City is a tough place to play and I mean Andy Reid I mean didn't he win 13 games with Alex Smith I mean you know he's he's kind of a it's kind of the uh, one of the wizards of his generation for sure yeah the Chiefs are kind of like a little bit of a machine that can operate like without Mahomes but it's just you know with him they're they're a beast yeah um so you know I I don't think it's worth, I, I guess it's not really worth spending too much time talking about like the what ifs, you know, I, the, the if Mahomes was playing last night, you and I had a brief exchange about that. Yeah. I don't think you could say definitively the Packers would have lost, but I think you could say that the Packers would have had to score a lot more than they did to win, I yeah. guess, if that makes any sense. Um, I, I think I think yes and no, because I mean, the, the obviously with the Packers, the whole defensive complexion would have uh, would have obviously changed the whole strategy would have had to have been different. but. That is, you know, that's a hypothetical. Instead, it was Matt Moore in there. Aaron Rodgers having himself another day, 23 of 33, 305 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, did get sacked five times. He admitted a few of those were his fault. And what was his uh, passer rating? 129, I think. It's not on the thing. Yeah, 129. 129. Aaron Jones, um, I think 5.2 yards per carry on 13 carries and something like 159 receiving yards and two touchdowns. My goodness, the nugs are just falling out of this game. The note nugs, the notable nuggets, hashtag note nugs. There's a lot. And they're dank, baby. They are. They are stinky ones. There's a lot to like uh, in this game. But Alex, uh, distill it down. Give me one notable <laughs> nugget coming out of this uh, this 
dank, stinky game. <laughs> Shout out to the uh, the iTunes reviewer, I believe, right? That uh, left a, a five-star review um, saying the dankest of nugs, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Appreciate it. That's a quick plug as well for everyone to review the podcast on Apple Podcasts if you have not already. Um, we've gotten some really fun reviews recently, and um, we read them all. We laugh. We share. Um, they make us feel good, so please keep that coming. Sorry, I interrupted. They're great, yeah, and they uh, and they help the show. All right, I'm gonna give my uh, actual dank nug. Um, I mentioned how happy I was with Matt Lafleur. Uh, what what I'll talk about? Um, it's kind of like an overarching thing, but just um, a little thing called like mid game adjustments. And I guess you know I haven't gone back and watched um, the game again, so I, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you like some real significant like massive changes of game plan or scheme. And I don't know that that was the case, but I will say this. I think it's a really good indication of this coaching staff uh, being able to kind of weather a little bit of a storm when you go down 17, 14, after being up 14, nothing, you're going to the locker room, the chiefs are getting the ball to start the half. And it definitely had a feel the game um, to it that the Chiefs were in control. Um, Spagnolo started sending blitzers. Um, Taran Matthew, I feel like, was rushing the passer more than he wasn't. Uh, they were sending a ton of guys and playing man coverage and really winning. Like that's The game really, really changed there. Aaron Rodgers was getting hit. Um, he looked very uncomfortable. Uh, on the flip side of the ball, uh, Andy Reid is just... Uh, I mean, he's like... He's so great, and he's so underappreciated. Yeah. Because to be able to like call a guy who is home with his family, coaching or whatever... Uh, we heard this story, I feel like, seven times on the broadcast. But Oh, what story? Please tell me. I, have, I haven't heard about that. <laughs> yeah. Also, has anyone seen Pat Mahomes lately? I don't think I, we, we've seen <laughs> I need him about enough. 18 um, shots of him on the sideline. Actually, that's an understatement. Funny. It was probably more. Yeah. Um, but, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, the Chiefs really started dictating the game and um, giving uh, Mike Patton fits. So sorry for making this long, but basically uh, my note nug is that both uh, Petten and LaFleur, I think, made uh, some simple adjustments and completely changed the course and the feel of the game. And uh, I guess I'll focus a little bit more on the offense because that's you know a very easy thing to be excited about. But um, when Spagnuolo decided like the only way that we can really succeed against a Devontae Adamless te- uh, Packers offense is to just start sending guys and hope that Aaron Rodgers can't make magic. Um, you know, the Packers started doing a lot of really good things like just feeding Aaron Jones the ball in very easy scenarios in the passing game and utilizing what I guess I would say is three good pass catching running backs or backs because um, Vitaly is is definitely more than happy to be called a fullback and not a running back. But utilizing that, those guys in a passing game um, to just exploit the Chiefs linebackers and they're, they're the middle of their defense because um if this were Mike McCarthy and and it was a Devontae Adamless offense with the same personnel, I have a feeling the Packers would be running the same plays and Aaron Rodgers would just be launching the ball down the field, like, you know, basically just trying to force feed it into man coverage where guys who aren't winning matchups. So instead of asking those guys to win matchups, LaFleur said, okay, I'm going to create a massive mismatch in the middle of the field with some really skilled backs. And they dominated. Like, that, that Aaron Jones won the game. You know, like Aaron Rodgers made some ridiculous plays, but Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams um, won the game. And and they've done that. I would say that, you know, they've done that maybe two weeks in a row now. Like, that's crazy to say, like against the Raiders, like the, a lot of guys won the Packers that game. Like Aaron Rodgers just went berserk. But, um, 
the Packers are winning games like with very little receiver involvement. Yeah. And Rodgers putting up huge numbers. Yeah. Like that's the crazy part about it. So sorry for a really, really long note nug, but um I think that, you know, there was a conscious decision to just make Aaron Jones the focal point. And that that was that was a hundred percent the right answer. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers mentioned actually in an interview, I think it was like a locker room interview some some weeks ago uh, about halftime adjustments and halftime conversations and he spoke about it this year spoke about it in a way that made me think that like that was new for him that that was not something that he experienced in the McCarthy offense and it's easy to throw McCarthy under the bus at this point you know I'm not not one to to want to do that but it's like what were they doing at halftime? Is it just like walking around reminding everyone that they got to like mind their pad level? <laughs> right. So I don't know. I just, it, it occurred to me uh, as you were talking that that little snippet sort of came back, rushed into my memory that um, I thought it was odd that he talked about it as if it was this, this new strange concept they were trying, calling talk to yeah. each other doing halftime. I think a lot of things about this Packers team that are going really well are making me retroactively angry at Mike McCarthy. And I like him as a guy like I've always loved him and I'll always love him for like for for the years that they had. But, um, you know, Aaron Jones was on this roster like uh, at a time where they really needed somebody to step up and be a playmaker. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And there was just never a thought to use him the way he's being used now which is mostly frustrating because it's not like it's that creative. It's kind of just what the rest of the league is doing, like right. what all the other good offenses are doing. And the Packers are like, well, we have that personnel. Now we can do that. So like what took, uh, I, I guess it's not worth getting mad about, but like, did anyone, he, did like the, the McCarthy staff watch Aaron Jones's college film? This is a sports like, audio program. It's definitely worth getting mad about. It's like <laughs> the reason we exist. Like, did they watch Aaron Jones' film or did they just like get this guy thrown in their lap on draft day and they'll be like, we're going to turn him into one of our running backs? Like, he's like, be part of our one two punch. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. By the way, I focus a lot on Aaron Jones, but Jamal Williams is such a great, like, he's not even a backup running. He's just like another great option. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's just like the perfect complement who can do a lot of really good things for them, too. So, anyway, what's, what's your dank? Yes, note nug there. And back. Jamal Williams also nabbing himself a, a, a touchdown. I believe it was the first the first score of the game. My note nug. And the um, sick reception yeah, that oh we yeah. thought was, oh, which, was either intended for the stands or Jimmy Graham, but not Jamal Williams. I'm going to get to that right now with my note nug. There was, firstly, <laughs> firstly there was a, a critical uh, third down throw to Kumaro where uh, he makes a tremendous like sliding grab for a first down. And the ball placement was was near perfect given the coverage, but it was also a risky throw. Um, and likewise, as you just mentioned, we've all seen by now the various angles of the, the corner of the end zone touchdown pass to Jamal Williams. Uh, most people, as you alluded to, again, thought it was either a throwaway or that he was that he like overthrew Graham. I think the announcers thought he overthrew it um, in real time. But it turns out that the throw was what I'm calling the secret dime. It was a secret <laughs> dime that nobody knew about. Uh, perfectly placed, but also... A risky throw, but my my point uh, is this: frequent guest of the pod, film god Ben Fennel, spent the last two years bemoaning Rogers' like risk averseness. Whether he didn't trust the scheme anymore in, in McCarthy's offense or the players that they had, or maybe even himself a little bit, uh, you know, we'll never know. But Ben talked a lot about uh, what seemed like an unwillingness to make 
risky throws. Um, and this is not the same thing as more interceptions would be good, which is still stands tall as one of the worst takes, I think, um, of all time. But I do think that there's something to be said for Rodgers this year specifically giving his guys like more opportunities to just go up and make a play. And um, that was always Ben Fennell's frustration. Just just go let you guys try to make a play. And for whatever reason, it seems like he's back to doing that in, in 2019. And so far, so good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's thrilling. Like there's so many memorable throws. And I and I saw like a um I think it was pro PFF or something on Twitter trying to talk about like um that the memorable throws so far this year from Rogers, which are the risky ones that end up working out that you're talking about, secret dimes perhaps, um, are like sticking in our mind and clouding like what really hasn't been as great a performance, to which I say like come on <laughs> like yeah. the guy is like a stats leader he's making ridiculous plays his team is seven and one like we're still gonna try to do this campaign where we're poking holes because he's taken a few sacks like um and and had a couple had some pretty good interception luck particularly uh on sunday night against the chiefs like that's ridiculous like um i think that throw to williams was uh, yeah secret dime's a good way to describe it it's like I don't know for sure that he was throwing to Williams. It's like Rogers was like, okay, I'm going to, th- there was a spot in the end zone that I can throw this, that in theory, only a Packer can catch this. I don't know what right. Packer it's going to be, but I'm just going to put it there on that blade of grass. And well, he mentioned like- that he saw like in the, in the shadows behind, you know, in the, the massive shadow cast behind Jimmy Graham, he saw someone and so he thought, like, okay, this guy maybe has a chance. And so I, I think you're right, though, that like he couldn't see exactly who it was or how that person was operating there, but he found the exact, you know, six inch by six inch window where only a Packer could catch that ball. It was just remarkable. Yeah, um, just incredible stuff. And the Kumro throw too was just was bonkers. Yeah, that one got I feel like overshadowed because it was uh, so much earlier in the game, but that throw was ridiculous. And also, I mean, a great a great catch by Kumro who has been a little bit a little bit uh maligned, I would say, recently um coming up big. Let's move on and, and uh get some listener note nugs and you can tweet at us after every game at the APC Pod on Twitter. Hashtag note nugs. Tell us what you thought. Give us your your uh, your your quick little little candy content bite size note from the game. Uh, Ryan writes in sloppy. Petten is suspect. Rogers is a glitch in the matrix. Seven and one. Send note nug tweet. Thank you, Ryan. Um, he says that Petten is suspect, and and I think when he says sloppy, he's talking about sloppy play on the the defensive end. We're gonna get to sort of the broader opinion about the Packers defense in a bit because we ran a poll on Twitter and we will talk about the results in a moment here. But I, I disagree with Ryan saying Petten is suspect. What's your what's your feel on that? Yeah, I disagree. I mean I I think well one, like they were playing a really good offense that yes, it wasn't quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes, but it was, you know, it was still coached by Andy Reid. So like last night, uh I don't think anyone's gonna come away looking like I guess that perfect against an unfamiliar opponent in the Chiefs. It was um, obvious also how um, fast and dynamic Kansas City's skill players were, even without uh, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, and oh yeah, P.S. Elder Statesman LaShawn McCoy, not too bad either. Right. I mean, every time yeah. they had the ball in their hand, you were like, whoa, these guys are 
they know what they're doing. They're fast. That is not a, a very easy um, team to game plan against, like that amount of speed. Like I, I didn't really have a lot of issues with Patton last night, really. And I think once the pass rush started to get home, the game really changed quite a bit. And, um, you know, they don't, yeah. You know, Kevin King against Tyree Kill, not great. You know, Blake Martinez in coverage at times, not, not great. But um, all in all, like, not I, great, I wasn't. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I wasn't uh, appalled with their defensive performance. And and if we're talking about the, the season as a whole, like, um, I'm still more than happy with, with the full body of, or the half body of work at this point in the season. So um, I would disagree with the suspect Petten thing. I as well. Alan writes in with his note nug. He's a little bit more optimistic through half a season. The defense has beaten bruising offenses and fast offenses, marquee backs who run and catch great receivers and wacky game plans. While they've not been perfect, they seem well-rounded and adaptable enough to stop it all promising. I agree with that. Yeah, that's a really good counter, I think, to the to the point that Patton's been sloppy. And let's not forget that this defense won them uh, two games in a row, like to start <laughs> to start things off, um, which is you know pretty huge when you look at the standings. Our old buddy Matub tweets in with his note nug. He says, "When you have a linebacker who's booty in coverage and has only one hand, maybe blitz him a few times." I I didn't know. I follow this team pretty closely, and I did not expect Martinez to show up with the Mega Man Nick Perry, like perma club on his hand. Yeah. I was not expecting that at all, and I was uh, frustrated by that. I guess they don't really have. I mean, inside linebacker play is you know the depth there is is not great, which is another thing we will get to in a minute. But the one sort of question mark on on the on the Petten game plan thing if you want to try to make that a thing and mine for the the negatives was i thought it was curious how they uh used martinez or didn't use him yeah um agreed also agreed on the had no idea that he would be playing with the club also agreed on that the club should just be called the nick perry (laughs) because i think nick perry played more games with the club than without yeah um at this point so pj tweets in i'm worried about our mvp jk scott (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he had a his first half was pretty rough. Huh, good point. He was shit last night. Yeah. Yeah. Like what was what was that about? It was also quietly, they didn't talk about it very much, but I think the wind was swirling quite a bit. I mean, the um Kansas City missed a field goal too. So Yeah, you're right. I guess they, they did mention at one time that it, like a I think a punt was in the air and it was like it's swirling in the wind. Um it does get pretty windy there, huh? Yeah. Uh, I guess uh maybe we'll cut him some slack. It's a lot of wind from all the hot air from those fans as they uh yell and scream and do their racist chant. Can we have a quick sidebar that it's 2019 and they're still doing the tomahawk chop in Kansas City? It's amazing. <laughs> like what like it's just uh, it's so easy to not be doing these it's, things. It's so easy to not do that. Just don't do that. And it's not just the NFL. I mean it's and it's not just the Kansas City. Like yeah. you know. Does um, that do the Seminoles still uh, do that? Yeah, I think Florida State yes. and uh, does Cleveland the uh, maybe uh, baseball team, Cleveland Indians. Yeah, they got rid of their uh, the face. They got rid of the which, mascot. <laughs> that was yeah. that was that's a step in the right direction. Just change the nickname. Like who? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway. At some point, they're like they're like panning the luxury boxes and they stop on like the I think it was the CEO or whatever president of the team and Al Michaels is like blah blah blah. What a classy organization and. <laughs> Then you can hear the tomahawk chop in the background. I'm like, yeah, classy. <laughs> okay. 
All right, Al. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Louis tweets in hashtag note nug. This team is going into the bye nine and one. You still got to play the games, so I'd say hold your horses. But uh, nine and one feels achievable. What do you say? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I I would be like really shocked if they didn't get to eight and one um, this coming week and. And yeah, I, I would be pretty shocked if they didn't go to nine and one, to, to, to be totally honest, um, which would just be remarkable. And at this point, too, like the Vikings are game behind, like there is a ton of pressure there to just keep this going, like as great of a start it has been, because, yeah, you can be like an 11 and five wild card or something. But uh, this team needs home games in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. We are going to take a quick break and then we will be back. And uh, we'll get into a uh, some poll results uh, on the Twitter account as well as if you listener submitted questions. So hang on just a second. All right, we are back. And uh, before we get into our Twitter poll results at the APC pod uh, on Twitter, I wanted to pause for a moment, Alex, and talk about the uh, the Mike Tirico Aaron Rodgers spectacular the interview they they sort of had some little bits from that interview throughout the the pregame but I guess it was like a, a longer twenty minute interview I haven't seen the whole thing yet but you wanted me to sort of tee you up here because you have some perhaps some notable nuggets out of that interview I just thought it was kind of interesting I mean anytime we get to hear from Aaron Rodgers at length um, it's uh, it's great. You know, it's insightful. And, you know, I think that they did a particularly good job with this NBC interview with Mike Tirico. You know, I, I really liked So there was a couple of things. And, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm going, I guess, just uh, off of the, the highly edited version that aired in the Football Night in America pregame show. He was asked by Mike Tirico something about something that we've talked about quite a few times on this podcast. And that is, uh, you know, Tirico basically like told him like, you know, you don't have to be Houdini anymore. Like how, how great does that feel? Um, and we've talked about that at length about them not being so reliant on him, even though he is capable of carrying a team. Yeah. Hero ball is the phrase we use. Yeah. And like him, him doing hero ball is an awesome thing, but is only should only be necessitated by all else failing, which I think at times last night for like a very brief period of time happened. Um, I forget what you called it, but you, uh, you said that Rogers has gone uh, something like full. Oh, he he went into like, full fuck this shit mode at some point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that that fuck this shit mode, hero ball, and Houdini is all the same thing. Uh, but Tariko asked him that, and Rogers kind of like laughed and said, "Like, well, I'm still gonna do some Houdini. Like, I I still like doing that." But um, and then went on to kind of say, like, you know, that it's not something he always has to do now, which is just like the perfect mix. Um, and then from there, it got into some like really feel good stuff about the the culture of this team, um, which, again, is something that I feel like I've talked about at length. And, you know, maybe it's not like some super insightful X and O's type stuff. But like to me, every time I hear Rogers in such a happy mood and I hear him talking about the culture in the locker room and the leaders they have, but also like this mix of really, really good youthful energy that's come from, you know, I'm assuming guys like Jair Alexander the running back duo that they have now, like all of these things, like stuff that's like making football fun for Aaron Rodgers again, when it didn't really seem like it was fun last year. Like we used to talk about how grumpy he looks and how he probably just like wishes he didn't have to be out there um, at times last year with Mike McCarthy. So like, I, I guess I say all of this to just say that, yeah, 
like last year, you know, maybe his body language wasn't great at points. You know, maybe you still don't want to like call out your coach and maybe you don't want to like be seen like saying things on the sideline, um, unsavory things to your coach or whatever it might be. But like at the end of the day, um, Aaron Rodgers, I think, is the best barometer for like the overall health of the Green Bay Packers as an organization. Yeah. So like if he was that way last year, even though you may want to hold it against him and say that like you wish your quarterback didn't have that type of attitude, um, I think it's really revealing about just how many issues there actually were. And now that he's going out of his way to like t- point out all these great things, I think it's a great sign that this new regime has like really fixed that very quickly. Um, there was a leadership problem and that, that was discussed like after the departure of Julius Peppers and it, people talk about the Packers locker room being fractured. Like that was fixed with a couple of free agent signings that Ted Thompson never would have made like almost immediately. Yeah. And now it's like, you try to think about like, what is this team lacking? Um, you know, they have veteran leaders, they have really good young guys, and they also have like a very small core of guys who've been there and done it before, like that were still around from the Super Bowl team. Like, I don't know what else you can ask for in terms of the chemistry of a team. Um, so it was just really cool to hear that. And it was really good to see like the ki- kind of spirit that Aaron Rodgers is in. Like everyone makes it about him and Matt LaFleur. And I think he's happy to have a new coach. But I think it's what's actually more important is like all the other things that came with the new coach, like the other captains on the team and like the guys that he trusts and none of the guys that he doesn't like guys like you know i hate to say it, but like demarius randall and, and guys like that who like really weren't bought in right and were kind of about themselves who like created like a little bit of a problem um so yeah it's just like it's remarkable and and rogers is the reason you can kind of do a rebuild like that rapidly right uh, in a season he is the reason that you can do that successfully but um yeah i'm just like so impressed at and how it went from like toxic culture that was being written about in like multiple long form articles that we read like pieces of last year on the show to now being like Green Bay is so much fun. Look at these guys goofing around and all their celebrations they're planning and yada yada. So I mean, it's palpable for the fans, too, because they're fun to watch now and they were not fun to watch last year. No. Yeah. I mean, like it's, uh, you know, I just like how many times last night even we were just like, I would be like, man, what a joy to watch. Like, yeah. This team is like so fun like yeah. to watch them celebrate, to make, to make plays, and to watch Aaron Rodgers do his thing. It's it's 100% um, translating on yeah. the screen. And I completely agree with you. It's it's almost startling how quick that turnaround uh, was. But you would have made mention of like, oh, like I don't know where the, um, where the Packers are, are lacking right now. Well, a lot of Packers Twitter does think that they know where the Packers are lacking, because no matter how fun your Green Bay Packers are, no matter how many games they've they've won or or competed well in, there is always uh, seemingly a pretty wide slice of Packers Twitter that is uh, stuck in digging through the negative stuff, which is something that drives me nuts. But I, I wanted to sort of pick that scab a little bit, and so I uh, put out a poll on Twitter at the APC pod. We asked you guys, those of us, the, the, those of you that follow us, the Packers are seven and one, but that doesn't stop Packers Twitter from finding something negative to talk about. What is your biggest area of concern with this team? We had four options, wide receiver depth, 
has been a popular one. Run defense, inside linebackers in coverage, and kick slash punt returns. Alex, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this to you blind. Who do you think? What do you think won uh, won this poll? Oof. I I would say it it would have to be uh, maybe run defense, just because that's something that's been like um, talked about a lot. You're oh. incorrect, sir. I think it's a recency bias, um, given the way that um, someone like uh, Martinez and, and others were sort of exposed in pass coverage, but inside linebackers and coverage came out with 50% of the vote of a, oh, wow. of, of all four answers. Um, the next closest was run defense. Um, what I was really surprised by was um, kick slash punt returns got 13% of the vote, and in last place was wide receiver depth with 11%. Now, this is not scientific, but I feel like if we had run this poll <laughs> three weeks ago, these results yeah. would be like all kinds of topsy-turvy. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I'm shocked that wide receiver, like, I guess I shouldn't be shocked after the two games they just had. Yeah. But this is also like a poll we just ran as they're actively, like, you know, making calls in the trade market. That's right. Reports like are out there that within the, the, the trade deadline is tomorrow. Is that right? As we record this on a Monday, I think it's tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, like <laughs> they clearly think it's a <laughs> it's an area that they need to yeah. add to. Well, um, if they suffer one actually, more injury, then you know, it's, yeah, it, Ryan Grant. Yeah, what one more injury is is I don't know if that's something they can totally withstand um, withstand at this point. Um, but yeah, my answer was actually the inside linebackers in coverage too, just because uh, Ben Foldy mentioned something. I th- was it last week maybe on the show that kind of swayed me about the run defense. It was like, sometimes you can just invite teams to run against you. Cause in the playoffs, like you're probably going to, if you're going to go down, you're going to go down because like the other team's quarterback probably beat you. Like yeah. maybe you give up the runs, maybe you're giving up eight yard chunks of runs, but unless you're a team that can't play offense, like you're the other team is going to have to beat you in the air at some point. Yeah. Um, which is why I think that's more vital than the run defense to me. Um, was that your answer as well? Uh, yes, it, it was. It was my answer, and I, I echo your your point slash Ben's point about the the run defense. I'm not I'm not uh, a big uh, metrics wonk, mostly because I just don't have the brain power to really understand all that stuff. But I know that Ben is, and as I look at the stat line here, I mean Kansas City averaged four point four yards uh, per carry, which is not a terrible day at the office, and yet. They lost this game by a uh, by a touchdown, but and, and the Packers look insanely effective on script at the beginning of games on offense. Yeah. So like again, I I would actually I mean, we should be able to do this off the top of our heads, but uh, in the interest of time, we won't. But like, I feel like there's been like three or at least three games where they've gone up fourteen nothing. Like that's that's a really good way to not really uh to to mask your run defense. <laughs> like, yeah. Not being great. So um yeah it's 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 definitely the lesser concern to me than teams being able to exploit the interior um of our defense like downfield right a uh, quick a quick note on the uh, the kick slash punt return answer which was uh, second to last with 13 um 13 percent i noticed that chandon sullivan got a got a uh he got a return in there and i guess uh lafleur when asked about it was just saying yeah we're just we're just trying people back there, which is, you know, that's what else, what else can you really do? But, um, Sullivan's a guy who, 
who I like. It'd be interesting if they find more ways to get him on the field. But also, I don't want him to get hurt. I don't know. Yeah. Um, he made a play last night, though, that I thought was uh, awesome, right? Didn't he have that breakup against Travis Kelsey where he just he kind did. of threw him? At, like, he made a I, great play on the ball. <laughs> Travis Kelsey, that's like somebody just like throwing Gronkowski around. Like I, w- I was just shocked at the physicality of that. He's a, a huge, very huge man. Guy. Yeah. Like, Kel- that shouldn't happen to yeah. Kelsey. Um, yeah. Good shit, Shandon Sullivan. I like the uh, intensity. All right, let us move on, and uh, we'll do a little bit of a mailbag session. I'm failing with my uh, failing with my buttons here. My stupid sounder buttons. I love that um, sounder. Again, at the APC pod on Twitter, the APC podcast at gmail.com. If you want to um, write us a, a, a novella about your particular point or take, Ben writes in on Twitter Is it likely Darius Shepard has failed to field his last punt before being cut and snuck back onto the practice squad? Hmm. Alex, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely possible. I guess I I would just say that yeah, I mean maybe that could also be the other shoe to drop after a trade deadline uh, deal, perhaps if the Packers acquire another pass catcher, he would seem yeah. like the obvious choice to uh to be let go. Yeah, and then maybe snuck back. <laughs> do you think they? Do you think that they could sneak him back? I would think so, right? I mean, I don't know. He hasn't really much of an opportunity to prove anything, right? And if anything, he's proved that he's not a reliable <laughs> kick returner. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if someone else wants him, I guess I wouldn't really be heartbroken. He's not like someone I feel like they need to stash. Next question, Ryan on Twitter writes in, Ryan's always, he's a, he's a little edgy. He's a little aggressive, um, <laughs> but we like him. But he tweets in, does Travis Kelsey have the most punchable face in the NFL? No. Do you? No, no he does not. No chance. I just looked up the picture and... I, you know, I, first of all, I got to say, I'm uncomfortable with the metric of punchability. It's really, it's just like (laughs) kind of goes against my sort of core ethos. But I did, I did look up a photo and I thought, kind of looks like a jerk. I don't know. But uh, you say not even close. What do you got? I mean, I'm just thinking of all the guys that like, I always talk about how easy it is to root against and like just their faces are just going to be the ones that I would lump into that category, even if it's not really anything to do with their face. Um, I don't find Travis Kelsey to be that unlikable. I don't know. He's like, you know, he's dancing. He likes to like celebrate and do all that stuff. Like that's a guy that like, if you were on my team, I would think is just like having a great time, having a ton of fun. So, um, no. Yeah. I, I don't even know that he's got the most like unlikable, aura to him on his own team right like i i don't like rooting for tyree kill for obvious reasons yeah that is not someone like i'm not now yeah like you know there's there's a lot of other guys that i i've got issues with um i don't know anything about travis kelsey personally i know he did that reality show it was like a dating show right oh really like basically like it was no like clue. bachelor but it was just kelsey he was am... just like girls trying to date him oh god he's you know he's like a kind of like oh god He's like a smarter Gronkowski, <laughs> really. It's just like, it's have a good time. I'll take that. 
All right, let's move on. Steve writes in, did uh, did Andy Reid hijack the Packers' clock management? <laughs> I think he's referring to the the end of the second quarter there going into to halftime. It did seem there was one play I remember uh, where Rodgers kind of took forever to either get the play in, get everyone to the line, and took basically the whole... They had like 40 seconds, and he took most of the time off off the clock trying to get everyone set. And that was a little... A uh, little frustrating, like callback to the days, days of McCarthy. Um, it seemed a little uncharacteristic for this team. Did you notice that? I didn't really have an issue with it. Like I, I, it seemed unlike them. But as it unfolded, even though they did have two timeouts, I was fine with them like putting themselves in hail mary position. I was just disappointed we didn't get that like you know moment of suspense with the ball in the air because Aaron Rodgers got sacked. Which, yeah. That was just like Spagnola was literally just like I don't give a bleep. <laughs> like we're sending guys in Aaron Rodgers like no matter what, like find a different way to beat us. Well, Steve, I'm going to turn your question on, on its head here, and because uh, I I assume that you're talking about the uh, clock management at the end of the half, but the clock management at the end of the game was awesome because the Packers got the ball back at I believe the two yard line with, I'm just going off the top of my head, I don't quite remember, maybe it was like six minutes left in the game, and they never gave the ball back. It was yeah. great. It was great, and they've done that a few times this year already. Something that um, we haven't seen them be able to do for a really long time is just, they just hold ball, keep ball, grind the clock out for the rest of the game, and, you know, get the win, go home. Yeah, with a really effective running from Aaron Jones, and then just... Um a key third down call Aaron Jones in the air, um, which apparently was something that they all signed off on. And they basically just said like, we're going to throw it to Aaron Jones. And that was like way too easy. Like it was great. That's, that's, ah, Aaron Rodgers went out of his way as well. Yeah. For that, um, that third down call went out of his way to, um, to praise, praise the play call itself and, and give uh, Lafleur props and he's done that a few times this year as well mm-hmm. yeah definitely and uh, uh, like you said it was just masterful like to, they, they realize like they they can't get the ball back our defense has done enough um now let's let's just go do it and you know to have two running backs i think in that scenario who are capable of of probably grinding out a game yeah um uh i think that that's huge i agree well, let's uh, grind out the rest of this podcast here. Yeah. As I hit the polka, Ben's not here to lead our, our dance troupe, but I see you bobbing your head, Alex. There you go. The Packers are 7-1, and one, waving the waving the Lafleur flag. There you go. <laughs> Packers are 7-1. <laughs> they have defeated the Kansas City Chiefs. 31-24, an awesome primetime game. And add a boy to Matt Moore. Nice try. Andy Reid, hell of a coach. Hey, Kansas City, please stop doing the tomahawk chop. It is not that hard to not do that. <laughs> Let's not be weirdly racist. We'll see them in four years. Do you think by then? Maybe? By 2023? Maybe. I don't know. They're a classy organization. Did you know that? They're so classy. <laughs> oh, God. All right. We're going to get out of here. At the APC pod on Twitter. At Alex Patakis. At Zach Rapport. Uh, subscribe to the show if you haven't already give us a rating 
on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. They like they were like, we're changing the name, but it's still called, I don't know, whatever they're calling it now, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, let us know what you think. And to keep it locked into acmepackingcompany.com for all things Green Bay Packers. Next up is going to be the... Uh, the L.A. Chargers, the Packers going to Green Bay West to visit the Chargers. And um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. The wheels are coming off here. The wheels are Eight coming off. and On uh, the horizon. Yeah. All right. We're done. That's a podcast. Later. Later. Later.